Thanks for listening to the Issue Podcast. Be sure to follow our Instagram at the underscore Issue Podcast or Twitter at just the Issue Podcast. Catch us Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, what's up? We're back. It is your first Saturday special episode with The Issue. It is August 1st. We're sorry we couldn't get it to you yesterday on Friday, but some stuff came up. Anyway, I got Tim back in the studio with me. Yeah, excited to be back and um, excited for a Saturday special here. No, yeah, it's definitely going to be good. I'm definitely excited to get it, uh, get the first one rolling. This is going to be more of a uh, of a debate segment, or not this segment, but you know, next after we get out of the break, have a little more debate, maybe a little more yeah, sure Saturday do. special, might be might be a uh, could do like a debate type of thing, you know, yeah, where we, we kind of disagree like and, and butt heads on some things. Yeah, if you guys have any ideas or suggestions or want to hear any uh, any particular thing, be sure to go. Uh, you can reach us through Anchor. If you go to the website, you can send us a message on some different things you want yeah, to hear, or, or even DM us on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, we we look at that all or the even time. Just comment or whatever. Yeah, for sure. So um, make sure you guys are letting us know what you want, and we will keep giving you what you want. But mm-hmm. right now, we have or I have a little thing I want to talk about in the MLB, and that is the whole COVID situation and how it's being dealt with. I think anybody who's an MLB fan or even just a follower of sports right now um, saw how many cases were in the Florida Marlins organization there. I think it was 14 down there, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't good. Now the Cardinals have a little bit of a mini outbreak going there as well. Yeah, they do. And I know that that's causing other teams to uh, have to postpone games because they're not going to be allowed to play in those stadiums until it's um, professionally cleaned. Yeah. But this is, quoting Manfred here, he said in um, in a statement, Manfred warns the MLB season is in peril. MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred reportedly told the MLB Players Association Director Tony Clark that the sport could shut down next week if COVID-19 is not better managed. Uh, That is straight from the commissioner. (laughs) And uh, that's not good news for uh, people that want to see sports come back. I agree. And then if you look here, uh, Lorenzo Cain just opted out. Yeah, I did see that. So I think you're going to see – and uh, Miami second baseman, I uh, saw on Diaz. Um, mm-hmm. Not really as worried. Sorry, I saw on or whatever. Um, so 18 – But Lorenzo Cain, I mean, that's – that is – um, that's kind of a big loss for the Brewers who are, are competing. They're, uh, they're a very competitive team. Not, not if Chris Miel just keeps hitting like .00 something, but yeah. has one hit this year. So yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is a home run, which is dope. But I mean, yeah, one hit. So yeah, he needs to step it up. But anyway, uh, back to you. Go ahead. No, yeah, I just wanted to uh, to address the the newest numbers that are out. A- at least eighteen Marlins uh, have been infected, and two of the St. Louis Cardinals. I think that number is probably a little higher in the Cardinals. Um, I don't oh, know yeah. how the testing is going now, and if it's gone fully through yet. But I feel like don't be surprised if um, more cases start coming yeah, out. There. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially when you're with those guys every day and in close quarters, how they are, it's that team atmosphere. Things can spread pretty quick. Yeah. What um, do you uh, think they're going to, the uh, MOB gets the season fully in? I think because of how big of a threat 
the season shutting down is right now, how catastrophic that would be for the league. I think they're really going to try to step up the, their whole and, and take this thing more seriously with COVID. Um, I do think that, that will end up happening and that they will get better with it. Um, do I see them maybe acting too late and things having to be shut down? Mm-hmm. I don't want to see that, but my my gut instinct right now is they they realize how catastrophic it would be if they did shut down so they're going to take all the safety precautions and the measures that so they don't yeah i don't know i think yeah i think they they get it in um and i also hope they keep the rosters at 30 you know they're supposed to shrink to, to 28 on thursday mm-hmm. i hope they keep them at 30 just because of everything that's so crazy you need extra guys and Honestly, just should, can't hurt. And plus, you're giving more people yeah. chances, you know. And, and I think they should carry 28, even or I mean 30. My bad. The through, rest of the, the entire season. I agree. I agree. I don't want them to to decrease it at all. So, first week or so of games has been in. How are you feeling about the uh, the, the universal DH? I like it. I haven't even noticed a difference. To be honest with you, I think it's a little bit better. Um, I just I, I'm all for it. It's kind of cool seeing um. Like some hometown, obviously the Pirates being able to put like Polanco at DH. That's cool to see. Yeah, I'm here for it. I like it. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, that's it's really beneficial to teams that have a great hitter that isn't the best in the field. Even Josh Bell could be a good DH candidate for us. I mean, I know people aren't thrilled with his um, with his defensive play at, at first base. So Yeah, maybe um, even uh, get him in the DH slot a couple yeah. times. Also give him a little bit of a day off, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could be really beneficial, I think, for teams with that type of player. Um, but like I said going into this whole thing, I wasn't a fan going into it, and I'm starting to I'm starting to tilt, man. Yeah, I don't know. around I'm to, a little bit? I'm, I'm glad. starting to like it. I'm glad. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, ho- I hope they get in. I just want to keep seeing uh, – Keep watching sports, basically. I mean, I wish Manfred – I see both sides. He said, um, quote, this is kind of a day-to-day thing right now. You've just got to get up in the morning and figure out a way to keep going through another day to stay safe for people, end quote. Um, I see both sides of this. I agree that you got to take it day by day because you're obviously getting new information right. every day. But on the flip side, like, you got to roll something out here. Like, roll out – and just throw, start start spitballing some ideas here well, to make good. us safer. Oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, but um, he said you got to get through another day to stay safe with people. Maybe, like, throw out some some ideas, you know. It yeah. can't hurt to just maybe vote on brainstorm some ideas, you know. Maybe talk to get your Get some own. people thinking, you know. A little bit of rip at the MLB here. Maybe, you know, actually speak with and, and talk about some things that the Players Association wants to bring up. Yeah, that would that might be <laughs> that might pretty be crazy. Helpful. Um, I just that. yeah, a league that listens to their players. He just there's just such a bitter relationship between the two. Even this statement, this next statement is so, you know, like he's like sneering at the the people. He said, uh, "We've got to be flexible on that." They talked about the uh, the whole sixty game season. Some games getting canceled. This that he said we've got to be flexible on that. Um, look, this is one of the reasons that we uh, revisited the issue of the expanded playoffs. It turns out that some teams, or at least says some guys, um, play 60 and some guys guys play 58. They have this new thing called winning percentage. We can sort that out. So I mean, he's just kind of getting a little uh, getting a little irritated, maybe is what it seems like. Yeah, I definitely think he's irritated with the players' association. And I mean, 
they're just, I can, they're the back and forth. Just like let's get on the same page, people. I think it's time that the MLB realizes how important the players are. Um, I think a lot of times management like that and and uh, you know the commissioner and everybody that goes along with him kind of ta- almost takes the players for granted. Yeah, but like dude. Don't forget that your job would not be here without those players. Um, yeah, I agree. But and then I've, again, their job wouldn't be there without him. So, I mean. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, you have to realize how much power the players actually hold in the player association. Because they're the best athletes in the world. When you, like, look at any uh, any organization or any league that when they go on strike, what happens? When the players say that we're not going to play and the players association pushes they back. They always play. They always end up playing because – that's when ownership, the commissioner, real finally realizes that how much these guys matter, and oh, if they don't want to play, then we're not going to have a job either. So, yeah. um, I think that they need to realize that and how much uh, power lies in that MLB uh, players' association or any players' association for that matter throughout all sports. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. And I mean, the MLB is a league that hasn't done the greatest job of listening to the players in the past. I would have to say. They've gone on strike in every decade since, like, the 70s. Yeah, I would say that, I mean, the league that has it the most figured out that actually listens to the players, I think, is the NFL, no doubt. Oh, absolutely. I think the NBA is getting there, like, allowing uh, the players to put any type of social message or any any message, I guess, for that matter, on the back of their jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think they're always progressive because they are very um, – like social media league, you know, NBA, yeah. if you look at Twitter, you'd think that they're the biggest league, but uh, in reality, like NFL, it's not even close, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's just, the NBA is such a, uh, such a social media league. Well, let's talk about the NFL a little bit and let's get into your rant. I know you have a, a big yeah, story for us here. Yeah. Um, the NFL 100, they do the, you know, the list voted on by players and, and, uh, I think coaches, right. Yeah. And, uh, players, coaches. we're talking about it with Carson Wentz. I, uh, maybe it's just me that rarely agrees, but I just think there's some just blatant things mm-hmm. that you just look at and you go, there's no way. Yeah. Know, there's just no way. So I went through the list and uh, from like top to bottom or from, I guess, bottom to top, like from 100 all the way to one. And I just like started taking notes of some things. I noticed that like all the pass rushers and like defensive front people that are known for, you know, pass rushing, run stopping, um, so we got like Frank Clark at 95, Grady Jarrett at 91, Cam Hayward at 84, Miles Garrett at 80, Kalias Campbell at 79, Fletcher Cox 73, Jarrell Casey 71, Preston Smith at 63, DeForest Buckner at uh, 56, Chris Jones at 52, Zadarius Smith at um, 48, and J.J. Watt at 45. And then I get to 41. Okay. Jadavion Clowney. Mm. is 41. Dang. So I'm going to throw out a, just some stats, not right? The, not the greatest season last year. Three set, Yeah, and that's all the thing. It's it's just based on How, their performance last on year. this season, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, okay, let's not get to Clowney yet because let me tell you the first thing I saw. Let me tell you the first thing I saw. That Fletcher Cox is rated higher than Cam Hayward and even Miles Garrett. <laughs> like what? Fletcher Cox? Who's known for his pass rushing, mind you? I don't even think he had a sack till like week seven. He finished with three and a half sacks. Three and a half, second lowest on this list. We'll get to who's lowest. Fletcher Cox, three and a half sacks, 40 total tackles. That's combined in solo, or assists in solo. So 40 total and three and a half sacks. 
Does anyone want to know what Cam Hayward did? No. Um, nine sacks, eighty-three total tackles. Miles Garrett. I mean, although his his tackles were lower, they're at twenty-nine, so almost thirty, so almost ten less than Fletcher Cox. Um, and it's not even a tackle a game less. Um, but ten sacks. He had ten sacks, and also what he was suspended for. Was that one or two games? That was two games. Two games at the end of the year? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so in a shortened season for him, he had a better year than Fletcher Cox. And he was rated at 80, while Fletcher Cox was 73? Yeah. And and Cam Hayward, who's, in my opinion, better than Garrett, Campbell, Cox, Drell Casey, Preston Smith, maybe not Preston Smith, um, DeForest Buckner, J.J. Watt, and then Clowney, too, and Chris Jones. He had the same amount of sacks as Chris Jones. I had 83 tackles. Chris Jones only had 36. Don't forget to miss that tackles for loss, too, that Hayward had. Yeah, tackles for loss. 11 tackles for loss. You want to know what Fletcher Cox had? Five. He had five. So Cam Hayward over-doubled him of getting in the backfield. Well, he's just great at blowing up the run. He's one of the best at stopping the run in the league, I would say. Yeah, I just – so, like, this list, it, I mean, like, the people I included defensively, they range anywhere from, you know, pass rushers to run defense. And I'm looking at an overall body work if I have sacks and tackles, and then for some of these guys, tackles for loss. Um, I just I, I can't understand how you put put Cam Hayward um, lower on the list than Fletcher Cox and Calais Campbell, even Jarrell Casey. Yeah. But then I got to 41, like I said. Jadavion Clowney, three sacks in 31 total tackles? Can someone please help me here? How he – is higher on this list. I mean, he he actually has the lowest amount of sacks. J.J. Watt, four. Zedaria Smith, 13 and a half. Chris Jones, nine. DeForest Buckner, seven and a half. Preston Smith, 12. Jarrell Casey, five. Who's not even known for a pass rushing? Fletcher Cox, three and a half, even had half a sack more and added nine more tackles. Calais Campbell, six and a half. Miles Garrett, 10. Cam Hayward, nine. Grady Jarrett, seven and a half. Frank Clark, eight. How can you seriously tell me that Jadavion Clowney is at a 41. And people will, oh, well, he's known actually as a good run-defending edge rusher. Okay, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So it's 31 tackles. Um, more than, than J.J. Watt. Not even close to Darius Smith. Less than Chris Jones. Less than DeForest Buckner by – actually, it's half of DeForest Buckner. DeForest Buckner was at 62. Preston Smith at 56. Drell Casey, 44. Fletcher Cox, who I was even ripping on. He's at 40. Calais Campbell, 56. Miles Garrett, a little bit lower, but 29. Pretty much same. Cam Hayward, 83. Grady Jarrett, 69. Even Frank Clark, who had down your um, run stopping was 37. I mean, he did. Uh, Jadavion Clay did add a touchdown. Great. Um, he's probably the only person on this list with a touchdown. I guess. You know what? If that helps, I'll, I'll bump the tackles up five, you know? And substitute for the touchdown because, you know, like seriously, how is he 41? That doesn't make any sense to me at all. I don't know what the players and codes are like looking at. I don't know if they're looking at like the same like um, game, but you realize that's less than one every four games. Yeah. So less than one in every four games did Jadavion Clowney record a sack. Mm -hmm. I just. That just blows me away. And then, like I said, I know people are going to be like, well, he's actually known for run-stopping. Okay, actually, he came to the league as a better rusher than he was a run-stopper. He did. He has developed into more of a, a run-stopper, but still, 
31 yeah. tackles. Not the greatest. 31. How many tackles for loss? I did not check the tackles for loss on him, but uh, could always check that. Absolutely. No, yeah, I definitely want to see that. Um, but to, I just like three sacks is just abysmal. Yeah, it's just abysmal. I just it's terrible. You, it's hard to put him in. I, I don't see how he gets so, forty one. So he's forty one, which means he's like mathematically double Cam Hayward on this list. Yeah, Cam Hayward's at an eighty four. Yeah. Like what? How does that? That just doesn't make any sense. Oh, he had seven tackles for loss. Pretty decent. Not bad. Barely over Fletcher Cox, way under Cam Hayward. Cam Hayward has him beat in legitimately every category but, by almost triple in some of them. Yeah. I mean, Cam Hayward has, has 11 tackles for loss. Clowney, seven. So, obviously, not tripled there. But Sacks actually tripled. Hayward with nine. Clowney with three. And tackles. Hayward's at 83. Clowney's at, at 31. So, almost triple. Yeah. So, um. Get out of here if you agree with this. And the players, I don't know if we're watching the same football game. I don't know if we're – I don't know if his name is getting him that much. But then if the name is getting you that much, then Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady would be one and two if the name mattered. If the cachet of the name mattered, mm-hmm. Brady and Mahomes would be one and two, and Mahomes is already young. And Drew Brees would probably be up there. Drew Brees is still up there. He's still had a great year. Yeah. But I mean, Aaron Rodgers would have to be up there too. Yeah, I mean, people like that. Um, so it just—it's ridiculous. It just doesn't make sense to me. No, it doesn't add up whatsoever. Even a little bit, yeah. I mean, when the stats are that blatantly off, I yeah. mean, it's hard to look I mean, at. And I mean, even JJ Watt. You look I'm at, sorry, like I love JJ Watt. Great dude. I know he's always injured and stuff, but at a forty-five, he's at forty-five rating with four sacks. With four sacks and twenty-four tackles. That's Zadarius Smith was an absolute beast. Him and Preston Smith were beasts. Zadarius Smith had thirteen and a half sacks and fifty-five tackles. Preston Smith twelve sacks and uh, fifty-six tackles. Like, come on, like come on. The second best edge rusher on the Packers had triple the amount of sacks that JJ Watt did. Like, please, like what? What are we? What are we doing? He had doubled the amount of tackles that he had. Like, what are we doing? Come on. Yeah. I mean, like I said, when the stats are that blatantly off, it's really tough to see how you can be that bad with the rankings. I mean, a 41 for Clowney, and, and you look at Cam Hayward in 84, and you look at TJ Watt, or JJ Watt, my bad, at a, at a 45, stuff just doesn't add up. And, uh, yeah, that, that list this year, we've had so many issues with that list. I, I mean, just, even in the quarterback, if you wanted to just run down that list real quick and give us your thoughts. Yeah. Because, I mean, I know I sent it to you. I DM'd it to you on Instagram. Yeah, and, we were taking uh, a look at that, going back and forth on I, it a little there's bit. There's some things we can't read on the air. but. Uh, oh, so, I mean, Lamar at one. Like the, well, like um, the one actually won and then um, the first quarterback, and then Russ Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson. Jimmy Garoppolo, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill. Above Josh Allen and Kyler Murray. I'm not on the hype train for Josh Allen like a lot of people are. I still think he's better than Ryan Tannehill. Um, But to have Kyler Murray lower than Ryan Tannehill. See, what jumped out at me when I looked at this was that Dak Prescott is above Kirk Cousins. I would take Kirk Cousins above Josh Allen. I would take Josh Allen above Dak Prescott. Nah, I don't know if I'd go Allen yet. I think projecting forward, I would take Allen just because he's got an absolute cannon. 
Kirk is a better actual thrower skill wise of the football. Okay, but still, there's no way Kirk Cousins is worse than Dak Prescott. Dude, Kirk Cousins is really good. He's Kirk Cousins he's is really good. I, people give him give him a lot of crap. Kirk Cousins is really good. And you're gonna put him underneath of Dak Prescott, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Deshaun Watson. I can see that. And then Eric, even Eric, yeah. Kirk. I mean, seriously, like let's let's look at Kirk Cousins' stats. He is a, a well above average quarterback. Mm-hmm. Well above average. We'll go. We'll go side by side with Dak here. I mean, his completion percentage has to be pretty high. I would. I, I mean, would Dak obviously in the yards yeah. dominates just because Dak is. He's got so many weapons, but I mean, obviously those yards don't translate to wins. That, he's got that check down to Zeke, who's is a great like, receiver out of the yeah, backfield. I would say that. Well, I mean, Kirk has um, Dalvin Cook, who is, I think is arguably oh, yeah. better at receiving, but um, Dak Prescott um, obviously is going to compile yards and. In so my my opinion and theory on yards, it, it's all in relativity relativity to wins. Um, if you go eight and eight, I really don't care, Dak. If you throw for forty nine hundred yards, um, Lamar Jackson threw through thirty one hundred, and his team was well way 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 better than yours. Um, Drew Brees' team was way better than yours, and Drew Brees threw for under three thousand yards. So, yeah, I mean, but then again, if you look at Patrick Mahomes, you know. When he went five thousand yards and then fifty touchdowns, those yards clearly translated to wins. They went to the AFC Championship game, um, and his team was way better than your team. Okay, so yes, Dak is always going to beat most of these people on yards. Yeah, um, but not on, in, in my opinion, pass rating. So pass rating, we're talking about Kirk Cousins. Dak's is, is ninety nine point seven. We'll round that up to a hundred, and Kirk's is a hundred and seven. Um, Kirk completes more passes, sixty nine percent. Dak Dak's only at sixty five percent. Dak throws more interceptions. Dak throws more interceptions. Kirk's only throwing six interceptions, or he did throw only six interceptions. Yeah, like Dak or Kirk Cousins, fifty six touchdowns the last two years, sixteen picks. Fifty six, like seriously, let that sink in. Fifty two touchdowns, fifty six so touchdowns. touchdowns, sixteen picks. He completed seventy percent of his passes last year, or two years ago. No. Yes, two years ago. Two years ago, I'm sorry. And sixty-one per or sixty-nine point one percent this past year. So he's hovering right at seventy percent. Dak is not. Dak was at sixty-eight and then down to sixty-five. His career is only sixty-five point eight. Kirk Cousins is up around sixty-seven, but that includes those what those two Washington years where he didn't play much, two thousand thirteen and two thousand twelve, where he completed the one year fifty-two percent of his passes. Like he was mostly a backup. And they threw for 850 yards, four touchdowns, seven picks. Um, but then once he became a starter, he hasn't gone um, 62 and then up to, up to 70, down to 67, 64, and then 70 and 70, basically. So, I mean, Kirk Cousins, dude's a big boy quarterback. He's a good quarterback. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, I mean, yeah, just I'm like I said, I'm not on the uh, hype train quite as much on Josh Allen, but to put Dak above, above, um, Kirk Cousins and uh, I would say last year Dak did have better than Kyler Murray, but going into this year, I'll take Kyler Murray, honestly. Yeah, I mean, you have an organization like, like Dallas that doesn't even trust Dak. Yeah, they don't. They don't even trust him. Yeah, dude, they just one spent seven, what seven million on yeah. Andy Dalton mm-hmm. as a backup quarterback for one year, and they just drafted a quarterback. They just drafted the yeah, they, they drafted a quarterback and went out and signed a. a a pretty big. That's a pretty good back. Andy yeah. Dalton is 
probably one probably the best backup. Oh, he's yeah, no doubt. Like I mean, seriously, like if if Andy Dalton was a starter this year, would you even be surprised? No, Andy Dalton is not a bad quarterback. People, he's not all that bad. He was in a tough division. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm not trying to like say he's God here, but I mean, his career stats aren't terrible. They're they're just not terrible. Sixty two percent completion percentage. His pass rating's around around eighty eight, um, eighty seven point like five five something. Um, that's that's not bad. No, like that is really good for for backups. That's a really good backup number. Mm-hmm. Um, two hundred four touchdowns, hundred eighteen picks. So not the best ratio, but that he's a good backup. Um, and so, yeah, they don't even trust his own, his own thing. You know, they don't even trust their own quarterback. Yeah. So I I don't know how he would be above Kirk Cousins on that list then. I yeah. just don't know. I, don't I just don't understand either. it. But all right, well, is, that, yeah. is that all you have on that? That's all I got. All right. So that wraps up this first segment. Next segment, we will have. The news, we will have a little news on Phil Dracovic at Boston College, the recent Notre Dame transfer and hometown kid here. And then we have our um, top five quarterbacks, my top five and Tim's top five, and we will be debating those a good bit. So not going to want to miss it. Make sure you stick around for part two. Hey, we are back. Um, Just got a couple couple quick – Get, get right into it here. Uh, just a couple quick news um, things. Unfortunate uh, news out of the Yankees. Tommy Canley needs Tommy John surgery. Mm-hmm. That sucks. I mean, That's he's tough. a great reliever, and I think that hurts them just as a team in general. Yeah, I think arms sure. are going to be at a premium this year because games are so tightly packed. I mean, if you yeah. if you don't get canceled for some sort of code situation like we were talking about in the first segment, then you pretty much play like every day. I think it's like sixty games in like what sixty some days. Yep, like sixty five some days. Like they don't have many off days these next two three months. No, like once a month ish. Sometimes no, I, think month. I think it's like two. I think two days a month are off. It's crazy. Like yeah. it's crazy. So I think that uh, they're on a grind right now. Yeah, they, they need the arms. Yeah, so that that's gonna suck. Um, for for the Yankees, it's just a, just a big loss. Just a big loss. You hate to hear it. Yeah, you just yeah. He's a, he's gonna be thirty two the next time he pitches. Um, which like he's he's getting up there. You know, he's getting up there in his year, especially as a reliever, kind of a journeyman. Well, not just a journeyman, but he's been uh, through the White Sox organization mm-hmm. and now the Yankees, and uh, you know, he's been around the block. So it's gonna be tough for him to come back at, at this stage in his career, but I think he can. Absolutely. The technology is so crazy. The Tommy John surgeries are amazing nowadays. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm actually reading Jason Gurley's book right now, Just My Game. You guys should go check it out. But uh, Available on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, available on Amazon. But um, he actually got Tommy John, and uh, he just talked about how bad it was. But, I mean, he came back just fine. Technology is great nowadays. So I think uh, I think Tommy Kelly will be just fine. It does suck, though. Um, and then just more news, just the uh, – Phil Dracovic thing. Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys don't know, Phil Dracovic, he uh, you know, graduated from Pine Ridge High School where uh yeah. where, where we came out of and he's always been he was kind of the almost the hometown hero, a big time athlete around here. Everybody knows his name in western Pennsylvania, even across the country. He's he was big. just so um, so good. 
And not only football, but basketball. He was just a freak athlete. He probably could have played Division One basketball. Six five frame, I think, or six four frame, and dude's huge. Two twenty five, and yeah, I think check you a little better, huh? I'm gonna go two twenty five. Usually, that's my thing. That's my trivia right there. Let's see how right I was. All right, so as he looks that up, um, I mean, just six five two twenty seven. Oh, I was pretty close. Yeah, you were really close. Look at that. That Awesome. Look at that. Um, I'm better than you at trivia the first time around, huh? Yeah. Either way. Um, so he went to Notre Dame, verbally committed to Notre Dame uh, his sophomore year of high school. And then he sat behind the most very, very superbly average person. Basic ever. quarterback ever, Ian Book, from uh, where, Tim? <laughs> California. El Dorado. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it was just tough for him to get, to get in front of him. I don't know why. I think Dracovic had the better. Uh, Dracovic's better. Uh, Ian is. Book is just so average. If You've seen him for three years now, okay? Uh-huh. Well, two years. So it's going to be his third year. You've seen him. You know what he's about. He doesn't need a third-year people. Ian Book is what he is. He's superbly averaged or average. He's just not good. I'm yeah. sorry. Not good. Um, so I think it's good that Phil wants to transfer. And he did transfer. But the whole waiver thing, what? So what happens with that is I did see a story posted by uh, Barstool, um, Boston College which, you know, might not be the most reliable, but it is circulating around right now. And Phil did retweet it himself, and that is the tweet that you're looking at right there. Yeah. Rumor, Brian Kelly, head coach of Notre Dame, is pleading with the NCAA to prevent Phil Dracovic from playing this year. Kelly allegedly claims that Dracovic should not be able to transfer and then play against his former team in the same calendar year. Some say this is the reason Phil's waiver request has been processing Longer than any other NCAA athlete. Hashtag free jerk. Here's the thing. Well, this, this, what I'm looking at here is from a very explicit website. And this person is very adamant that Brian Kelly has nothing to do with it. But Brian Kelly, in my opinion, is, um, I'm not going to say it, but he's kind of, you know, dirty, shady, scummy. Little bit. Little bit when it comes to this legal type of stuff. All I'm saying is I not it's neither here nor there. I think the NCA is just a total piece of work as well. Mm-hmm. So I think whether Brian Kelly's behind it or not, I think the whole thing is a total piece of work. Especially, but uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if my um, Brian Kelly is uh, is behind it. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, look the. Notre Dame has to play in the ACC this year. They're an independent team that's playing in a league this year that's playing all basically, um, you know, interconference games. They're not playing out of conference. Yeah. So they're they're going to join they're up with the, the ACC. The ACC. Yeah. And uh, that's why Brian Kelly is upset about this, if he is behind it, that Phil can transfer from Notre Dame, go and to Boston College, him. and then play against Notre Dame the same calendar year, which they are on the schedule. They are, yes. And it's it, – I it's, can't wait to see that. If he ends up getting the – Automatic waiver. That is going to be awesome. That would be fantastic to watch Phil throw against a, a coach that kept them behind the most average quarterback Especially in all because, of college I mean, football. We watched. Uh, well, we, we watched, watched him in high school. You make him angry, you are you're done. So you're so done. so in trouble. And so I think if Phil comes back and plays with a vengeance, uh oh, yeah, he's like it could get it could get a little crazy. Yeah. Um we'll see. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, you want to get into the top five quarterbacks for each of us? Yeah. 
So you want me to go first? You want me to go first? Um, no, you go first. So okay. I have some. I have some. Okay, yeah. Some complaints. Yeah, you can pick on me a little bit here. Um, my top five quarterbacks. Okay, so criteria. This is going into this coming season. This season, the twenty twenty season. So I guess yes, like the last season factors in. Um, but you also have to factor in like youth and and you're projecting. Like for this season, yeah. The criteria the, is we're for this top season. Five going it's, into this season. It's keep in mind it's not two years from now. It's, it's not going into yeah, it's now. not going, you know, look ten years down the road. It's so, just going into the season. Who do you want? That's why I have who I have, and we're gonna start from the bottom up, how we usually do things here. Let's go number five. I have Tom Brady. Okay. I think he fits that spot. I don't think he's a top three anymore. He's old. Um, and he's going into a system. <laughs> just kind of said it's just blunt. He's old. He's he 40, is. What, 41, he is. There's 42. No, yeah. he's, he's old. Almost yeah. like 43 or something like that. But he's old. That's it. And um, he doesn't look, have the same zip on he, the ball anymore. He doesn't. Especially, he, well, especially going into a new system that he's never played in before. Well, I think that, like, I think that he, early in the season, will still have that zip. But, like, you saw in the playoffs last year, he just didn't look like the same quarterback. No, and that's why he's not in my top three. But yeah. I do think he's no, a top five quarterback. I, I, I don't – I wouldn't put him outside the top seven. Okay. Number four, I have Drew Brees. Here's why. Another, again, both of these guys have experience in the league. They're both experienced in the postseason. That's why they're both top five quarterbacks. See, my bone pick there, not with Drew Brees, it's with the fact that you have Brady right after him. So how are you going to say that he is a top five quarterback going into the season when you don't even have him as the best quarterback in his division? And I would say that what right now do you think is a better team, the Saints or the Bucks? The team was team. I'd, I'd say the Bucks. Okay, you're out of your mind. I, the Saints are a way better team, and I don't even want to get into that. The Saints are a way better team right now, especially considering they've proven it with pretty much every yeah. single guy they have on that roster, and. They have a proven tackle to actually watch Drew Brees' back. And so – Yeah, you're right. Tom Brady doesn't have I the would best say, offensive line. I would say that um, I don't I don't mind that Brees is top five just because he's so mightily efficient. Completing 74% of his passes, that's insane. It's unheard of. Um, but Tom Brady, so right now he's going into the year. He has to play that team twice. He's not even the best quarterback or best team in their own division, which means that's almost – like it has two very competitive games, probably one loss right off the rip, without even playing the game. If you think they're going to sweep the Saints, I disagree heavily, heavily. See, the thing is though, I think Drew Brees definitely is the better quarterback going into this season because he's in a system I agree. that he knows. He has weapons like Michael Thomas. Well, I mean Brady, dude, look at his weapons. Well, yeah, Chris Godwin. And Mike that's Evans. why I also well, say I mean, that the Bucks have a better team because yeah, but I'm just saying, like, I think Brees is. Um, throwing to weapons he's used to. Yeah, know? and he's in an organization he's used to, a playbook that he's used to, and, and a coach, coach that loves him. Oh, that's one of the most holy, you know, best. So that's, that's like a holy grail matchup. And that is why I have him above Tom Brady. Okay. But do I think Tom Brady can beat him? Yes. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't put it past Tom Brady to just go right now and go like 12-4, and 13-3 and, and, yeah. and beat the Saints. No. Um, yeah, but anyway, continue. Uh, my third is Lamar Jackson. And I think last year's numbers prove that, but I don't. I, he wouldn't be my number one guy that I want to take in. I know he was number one in um, in Touchdowns. quarterbacks. He was number one in quarterbacks on the NFL 100. Yeah. Oh, and he was seriously. I mean, I 
I'm not huge on Lamar just because there was also a lot of hype surrounding RG3. I didn't say one MVP, but I mean, yeah. Lamar Jackson also has yet to win a playoff game. Uh, so I'm not as high on him as others, but he still was absolutely the best quarterback and the best player last yeah. year. Which, I know people say that Mahomes should be one. No. I know that he led them to a Super Bowl. Statistically, Lamar Jackson was insane. 36 touchdowns. was very efficient. Um, and then, obviously, his running. He was crazy. He had another, what, 100 or uh, another 1,000-something on the ground. So, yeah, like, I mean, come on. You can't argue that. No, but um, I would say going forward, I would rather have the two guys that are above him on your list. And I know exactly who they are. Number two, Russell Wilson. Um, I don't think that one needs much explanation. Throws a great ball, great at avoiding uh, hits, avoiding the pressure, and just being able to extend plays with his feet. He does it like nobody has ever done it before, and it's going to be really hard to replicate. I would say Steve Young is comparable. The only person that I've, I've yeah. seen that, that scrambles and just somehow miraculously gets out and doesn't get hit. And then de- delivers a perfect ball and, like on the run. And yeah, and not to balance, mention not to know. mention how much experience. I know experience is big on my list. He has great experience in the league. Russell Wilson is a great quarterback that has just a tremendous a tremendous amount of experience. Oh, and he's fits so perfectly into that organization. Well, I think he is that organization. I've talked about a thousand times. I think he is the lifeblood of that organization. But I mean Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty yeah, my number one, though, goes to Patrick Mahomes. And if you're looking at a quarterback that you want this season, who else could you possibly want? Seriously, going um, in, like... Coming right off that Super Bowl win. I know the contract kind of deters some people, but he's not making all that much money coming up this year. He's not yeah. making that $50 million that it's, people are saying that he's making. It's very backloaded. Yeah, he, yeah, it's very backloaded contract, so he's not going to be making a lot of money. Plus, I think it was an extension onto what was already in place. I think he's making like 20-some. Um, so he'll be, yeah. If you're worried about that for this coming year, don't be yet. Because yeah. they're, yeah. Uh, I, I think he's going to be the number one quarterback in the league this year. Um, if not statistics-wise, then just definitely leading-wise and leading his team. and to be, victories. Oh, getting yeah. Getting wins and getting he's just a scrap. Far, far in the playoffs. I think he's going to get them. Before. Yeah, he's that dude doesn't give up. He's a competitor, and he fights through every single game. Uh, you can never count the Chiefs out when Patrick Mahomes is throwing the ball. Absolutely. Um, so that was my top five. Tim, we go to you. All right, all right. So you valued um, experience, which I also I also value experience, but I value experience that doesn't fade at the end of the year like Tom Brady did. Okay. I value experience that. Uh, can throw the whole route tree and throw it downfield, um, unlike Drew Brees can anymore. Because if you want to pull up Michael Thomas highlights, he runs out about eight or nine yards, puts a foot in the ground, turns around, and uses his huge frame, and all Drew has to flick it is like 10. If you count the diagonal yard, it's like 15, 20 yards maybe. So, I mean, like airtime, I guess. Um, so, I do value experience, but I also don't value or value experience of people that just can't get it done sometimes at the end of the year due to their age and their experience and their depleted arm strength. So anyway, at number five, Deshaun Watson. Um, he's a beast. Did anyone else see the video of him getting kicked in the eyeball and still completing a touchdown pass? No one else saw that. No one else saw that he is basically taken not only uh, below average – Management also 
a below-average coach and GM and Bill O'Brien. Well, Bill O'Brien coaching above average, but easily the worst GM in the league. Um, and he has actually put Bill O'Brien and stuffed him into a backpack and carried him to having a job. Without Deshaun Watson, this dude's nothing. He had, what, Tom Savage before? So, yeah. you know, Deshaun Watson is the franchise. Mm-hmm. He literally is the franchise. You actually just traded away the best receiver just because you want to build around Deshaun Watson. You've decided you're going to acquire picks and build around Deshaun Watson. So, clearly they see something, and I see it too. He's a beast. He's fast. He can – he's quick. He's fast. He's, you know, very elusive in the pocket and outside. And just the plays he makes, he's just a playmaker. He reminds me a lot of Russell Wilson in the fact that, yeah, I don't know if you think Russell Wilson has the best throwing motion or, you know, is the most accurate, this, that, but Russell Wilson is just a great football player. Mm-hmm. He's just a great football player who just makes plays. You don't know how and might not even be quarterback related. He might run, he might grit his way to victory, but he just makes plays. I mean, I think Deshaun Watson has that same quality. Dude just makes plays. Yep. Um, at four, I'm putting Lamar Jackson. Okay. And you might think, who could possibly be, other than Mahomes and Wilson, above Lamar Jackson? We'll get to that. But I already gave kind of my spiel on yeah, Jackson. On Jackson. Um, just not that So who could you possibly impressive. put above him? I think, I think Jackson's going to, get, going to continue to get better. But I also, did anyone else see defense starting to solve him a little bit at the end of the year? I know you can't solve his speed and his elusiveness, but you can contain it. Anyone else see the Titans actually yeah. dismantle them? And plus, once, all you have to do is get up on the Ravens. You have to get a lead, and it's over. It's over. It was 14-6, and you actually – I know I did it at home, and I know some people across America, based on Twitter and analysts and articles that were written way too early, um, this, side and the other, saying that 14-6 was over because the Ravens, once they get a lead, they can ground and pound you, and you're done. But once Lamar Jackson, everyone knows he has to throw, and he has to stand back there and try to pick apart defenses. Garbage. Sorry. Next. Still think he's still think he's a top five quarterback. <laughs> sorry, maybe garbage isn't the thing because he still is. Look how many games they won. Look at yeah. his stats. He won an MVP. Um, but I think he has limitations right now. Mm-hmm. Number three, Carson Wentz. People, I was telling you on Carson that Wednesday. Wentz, Wednesday, you were saying that. Carson Wentz is a stud. This dude's a stud. 4-0 down the stretch to carry an infirmary to the playoffs. Straight up infirmary. No receivers. Offensive line depleted. Defense depleted. No secondary. So the other team was running it up. I I like Miles Sanders, but, I mean, rookie back. He had to overcome so much. And he just wins. 9-7 with that team. And actually got them to the playoffs. and was competitive against one of my other favorite teams, the Seahawks. He just he just took a whole hospital of guys, the whole trainer's room, and just dragged it to the playoffs better than someone that I dislike, Dak Prescott, who I probably wouldn't even put in the top ten right now if we were doing a top ten list. So Dak Prescott? Yeah. Uh, he wouldn't be in my top ten. Huh. No. Sorry. No. Hey, right, we we talked on that. Yep. Um, Who you got next? Russell Wilson at two. Okay, yeah. I don't think that's crazy. No. I think Russell and I, my my one and my two and one are the same as yours. Wilson and then Mahomes. Yep. Like I said, Wilson just makes plays. Mm-hmm. He would, I would say he's the best football player right now. I actually am surprised he didn't get voted number one. Yes, I think Lamar had a better year, mm-hmm. but it's the NFL top one hundred players, not quarterbacks. 
Um, he is, I think, in my opinion, the best football player. He's he is carrying. You, I talked about how Wentz is carrying an infirmary. Um, Russell Wilson is carrying an FCS college football team um, to twelve and four records consistently, that, eleven that, and five, just consistently getting to the playoffs, just driving a, and winning. He's driving a garbage truck that is also on fire at yeah, the same time. Dude, he's just carrying a tire fire. The only on thing that back. is, and people don't people don't think it, but seriously. Dead last defensive line with Jadavion Clowney, who, yes, I ripped him, but he's still not bad. He's like, still a big he's name still on that good. line. He's still good, people. Yeah. I'm saying he's a top 100 player. I'm just saying he's not, you know, above all the people I named in the first segment. Go back and listen if you didn't. Um, but Russell Wilson just carries it, and so that's why he was number two. But then Patrick Mahomes is unlike anything I've ever seen. Nothing else needs to be said. I think he's just an absolute beast. Side note, though, I think Trevor Lawrence has a chance to be pretty damn good as well. But, yeah, anyway, so Mahomes is number one. It's not even close. All right. And that just about wraps up this segment on uh, on our top quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, not going to lie, man. Good having you back in the studio. Definitely oh, better felt good in person. to be back. Felt great to be back. Yeah, we're sorry for missing that Friday, but you can count on us being here on Monday for the divisional predictions on Monday and you're going to get those comments read on Instagram and we're going to reply to some of them. So if you haven't looked at that on Instagram and commented, make sure you go do that. Go check it out. Yeah. Um, another thing about the Instagram, like I said earlier in the episode, if you guys have any suggestions or things you want to hear, or, uh, uh, pretty much anything suggestion make this for a, a segment, better podcast and a better listen for you. Right. And you if know? you have any suggestions, make sure you're either DMing us on Instagram, commenting on Instagram or Twitter. You know, we try our um, best, but I mean, we're not mind readers here. If there's right. something that you guys want, just, just throw right. it out there. And that is our Instagram is at the underscore issue podcast. And our Twitter is at, the issue podcast, no underscores or anything in the Twitter. Yep. Um, the one thing though, um, make sure you're going to the anchor website uh, and messaging us. If you can on there, it's anchor.fm slash the issue. Make sure you guys are doing that. All right. Yeah. Thank you guys very much. And uh, look forward to hopefully getting some feedback. Yep. See you Monday.